This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, and as usual with me in studio is my co-host, Naz Marchese. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on Zoomer Radio. Naz, good morning. How are you this morning? Great, Wally. How are you? The Jays won another one. Another uh, another, uh, another great week for the Jays. Just want to let our listeners know what's coming up on the show. Uh, shortly after our first break, we're going to have John Murphy. John Murphy, who uh, has been a friend of our show in the past. He is, of course, the Buffalo Bills play-by-play man and the host of the John Murphy Show weeknights on WGR 550 Buffalo. So NFL starts... This week, so we're certainly excited about the Buffalo Bills, and I know you're a huge Buffalo Bills fan. And uh, at the middle of the hour, we've got Denis Potvin. Denis Potvin, of course, uh, legendary uh, Hall of Famer, New York Islanders, uh, and he's going to be sharing uh, some of his memories of the legend uh, Al Arbor. You and I both consider Al Arbor, if not uh, the greatest coach in in NHL history, uh, certainly up there with Scotty Bowman, certainly in the top three, no question. One of the one of the greats of all time. We lost him and uh Denny Potfan is certainly going to share with us his his memories of uh a legendary, classy, classy uh coach, affectionately known as Radar. So we're looking forward to speaking to Denny Potfan and also to uh John Murphy during the show. But Naz, I know you're uh, oh and before I get into the Buffalo Bills, just wanna uh, share with our listeners, the Fighting Irish uh, got off to a great season last night, college football. As uh, as everyone knows, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan, and your team, Naz, the Alabama Tide, rolled out to a fantastic first victory. So certainly, Who knows? They may uh, end up in the national championship this year. Oh, Alabama, knew, uh, Alabama, Notre Dame in a national championship, and Naz and Wally will be going toe-to-toe. Certainly, we're looking forward to that. Anyways, just coming in studio... Uh, to join us this morning, and we're thrilled to death to have you, of course, Jane Brown. Jane. Oh, I'm having problems with the with the buttons here. So we're on Zoomer Radio here. Finally got your mic on there, Jane. <laughs> Sorry morning. about that. Good morning, Wally. Good morning, Naz. Good, Good morning, morning, Jane. Uh, Jane, it's a thrill to have you with us. You are, of course, the morning news anchor around here during the week and uh, well known to a legion of listeners here at Zoomer Radio. Uh, we're thrilled to have you, and the reason we're thrilled to have you is you're a big Jays fan. 
The Jays are in their big stretch run, and you were at the game yesterday. It's so exciting being at these games, and I just feel so fortunate that uh, a while back, my husband and I decided, let's buy a whole bunch of tickets. This was before they were in a position to clinch the AL East. So as you know, all these games are sold out. So yesterday was one of the games we had purchased tickets for, and it just seemed to be like a routine game. No, there were no nerves in yesterday's game because David Price was just executing in the machine-like way that he does. Yeah, the comfort the comfort level of David Price being on the mound is pretty good when yeah. you're going to the ballpark. And that's exactly what Jose Bautista was just saying there in the news that uh, that when when he's on the mound, you can really focus on your own game. You don't have to be worried that you're going to have to play catch up for a pitcher who's not able to keep it going. Your impressions of the game, the buzz in the crowd. You know, it's funny because we had been there on Monday. Uh, when they were playing the Indians. And it seemed yesterday like I think the crowd was a bit deflated because of the heat. It was really intense in the Dome yesterday. I take it the lid was open? The lid was, was open, open, and for that crowd that was along the first baseline, they were in the sun the entire afternoon. And you could see you could see more blue as the, the afternoon wore on because people are just leaving their seats. They couldn't, they couldn't handle it. So there wasn't the intensity that we saw and heard when we were there on Monday. Almost the entire game on Monday when the Indians were playing, the crowd was on their feet. So you're a big Jays fan. We're big Jays fans, yeah, yeah at our your, house. You had your tickets from way back, so if I need any extra tickets, I can call you. <laughs> <All> right, <yeah. laughs> You're going to have to arm wrestle I, me. Because <laughs> I can't find tickets these days. Yeah. And, and, if, and if you can I squeeze a few? But you can't charge me a premium, though. <laughs> you uh, you, you got to give you me list love. price. Wally, you cannot have my Yankees tickets on the 21st. <laughs> okay. There's no way. <laughs> Fair I'm going the 22nd, so Are you? we're going back-to-back back there. Yeah, yeah the Yankees is going to be a big series. That's going to be incredible. And, of course, everybody yesterday was watching the score of the Yankees game against the Rays, and they ended up losing so that was nice for us yeah tampa bay has really good pitching so they're going to knock off they're going to they could knock off the jays a couple of games too their pitching is pretty good that's well, the one know, team that uh the jays can't play against you know we, we've got 27 games left naz and i were just doing the math uh beforehand so we're in we're in the stretch run here and things are going to get intense and uh certainly uh you know you're you're on the air in the mornings and you're in tune with what people are talking about and uh Tell us what you're hearing from uh, people about the Jays. I'm sure you've noticed a difference in the city. Well, people in our age group just love it because we all remember, and we were there for all those games back in 92 and 93, and if we weren't there, we were watching at home. Our ki- Most of our kids were, we were babies back then, so th- this is a whole new experience for them. But for us Zoomers in the in the 45-plus crowd, we're just, this is a resurgence. This is nostalgia. This is this makes us, you know, ache for that history and that those great days of the early 90s and and we're feeling much the same thing it's it's really incredible what uh you know management uh of a professional sports franchise uh you know alex anthopoulos and naz and i talked about alex on the show and uh it's really incredible um a couple of really really sharp moves what a difference it makes and david you're you're obviously uh lucky enough to be there yesterday with watching david price on the mound and uh uh, certainly an incredible pitcher. Tell us, uh, tell us your impressions of David Price. He's just he's workmanlike, workmanlike, and just excellent. Yeah. It, it, he just it just seems to be strike after strike, and um, he and his disposition is really nice too. There was that one. 
I forget who was batting, but he he caught the ball. Right? Line drive, the line it drive. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got it, and, and it surprised him too. And he turns around and he's laughing, right? Because he's one of these guys that just seems to not take himself too seriously. He knows he's talented. He knows he has to execute, but he's you get the sense he's a really good guy. He's the guy that they traded for that took over that clubhouse right away. That's the one thing I noticed in the dugout. He took oh, over. The, yeah, he took yeah. over that clubhouse, and the team changed as soon as they got him in in there because Bautista can now play his game. Donaldson can play his. Encarnacion can play his. He has really settled that team down. And we're talking, of course, to we're thrilled to have in our studio with us this morning on the Nazawali Sports Hour, Jane Brown. Jane, of course, is the morning news anchor here at Zoomer Media. And uh, one thing I noticed about uh, the team after the trades and now they, they've become successful, they look like they're having fun. They do, don't they? In you know, especially, I mean, I don't know what it's like when you're down at the game, but watching it on TV, you get those scenes of the players in the um, in the dugout. And like Bautista, when he hits a home run, or especially when Encarnacion, he's got that little move when he runs the bases. It's really cool. I call it, what is it, the chicken, the head wing or the chicken yeah, wing or whatever yeah. he does? bring out the chicken wing. Yeah, and, and he gets back to the dugout and he gets the high fives. It really looks like they're just they're just like kids in a candy store. It looks like they're having fun. They are. And, and you got your guys like go. And, of course, Tulowitzki, who's made the crowd go crazy. The whole crowd yesterday chanting, too low, too low, right? And, of course, social media with hashtag too low. Like, it's just, it is incredible. It really, every player on that team is having their moment. I just want to tell Neil, Neil Headley that Ryan Goins can hit. As it turns out, he didn't think he could. Tell him in the morning, he can hit. Oh, he saved the day the other day, that's for sure. Anyways, we've been uh, thrilled to have us with us talk about the Jays. Uh, Jane Brown. Jane Brown, of course, morning news anchor. You can listen to her every morning, Monday to Friday here at uh, Zoomer Radio. Jane, thanks so much for joining us and telling us about... your uh, your experience at the uh, at the Rogers Center. Naz and Wally, thank you for the honor to chat with yeah. two sports veterans because I, I love having this conversation. It's great. So thanks for inviting me. Thanks so much, Jane. Thanks, Jane. Anyways, we'll be right back after commercial with John Murphy, the voice of the Buffalo Bills. If you're listening to Zoomer Radio on FM, you found our test signal for CFZM FM ninety six point seven in downtown Toronto. How do we sound where you are? Are we coming in clear? Let us know. Send an email to newfm at zoomerradio.ca. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked me to introduce their new fast dial number just for cell phones by singing it. Pound 3636. No. Pound 3636. No. Come on, baby, pound 3636. Come on, baby, pound 3636. That's got a ring to it. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. With a True North deck system, you could be sunning, lounging, and relaxing instead of sanding, scraping, and painting. The True North deck system, the deck that's Canadian manufactured for our Canadian climate, comes with a limited lifetime warranty. You get a durable, double-sided finished deck system that's easy to install, eco-friendly, and virtually maintenance-free. Enjoy your summer. Ask about True North Deck Systems at Lowe's or visit them online at trunorthdeck.com. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. 
They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. Banks invest in mortgages for a reason. They're reliable, secure, and offer a dependable rate of return. It's bankable. So, if your bank does it, why not you? Find out how you can get a solid rate of return, like your bank, starting at 9% fixed interest per year. In writing. It's easy. Learn more at peterlantos.com. That's peterlantos, L-A-N-T-O-S dot com. You've worked hard for your money. Isn't it time your money worked hard for you? Visit peterlantos.com. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live this Sunday morning from the Zoomerplex in downtown Toronto. We are thrilled to have again with us back on the show, John Murphy. John Murphy, the Buffalo Bills play-by-play man and also the host of the John Murphy Show weeknights, 7 to 9 p.m. WGR 550 in Buffalo from One Bills Drive. Uh, John, good morning. How are you this morning? Good morning, guys. I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for joining us once again. Uh, football's about to start in uh, in the NFL this week, and uh, things are looking good for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, certainly, there's a buzz this uh, this fall that I think we haven't uh, we haven't seen in a long time, and that's a reflection of some talent on the team. It's a reflection of the new coach Rex Ryan. Uh, what's your sense, John? What are you What are you feeling? What uh, What's the What's the karma like down in Buffalo? Oh, karma is, is really good. Um, you know, I think they've come through a pretty good preseason. Um, even, you know, before that, when Rex Ryan arrived on the scene back in uh, late January, he sort of infused the, the whole organization with some energy and enthusiasm. Uh, players got their first taste of it in uh, the springtime in April, and they, they really responded to it. And, and I think the entire community is really excited about uh, the way Rex carries himself and the way he uh he sort of uh, encourages everybody to uh, to be optimistic, and I think the optimism is uh, definitely running rampant around the Buffalo Bills right now. John, what was the reaction to the uh, cutting of Fred Jackson? 
Jackson this past week. Yeah, it was an upheaval. I think a lot of uh, you know a lot of fans uh, didn't like it. Fred was and uh, remains really one of the most popular bills of all time, and certainly the most popular bill of the last uh, decade or so. Um, but from a football sense, I think it made a lot of sense. It's um, you know it's the oldest running back in the league at age 34. He's lost three weeks of training camp time due to a hamstring pull. He's uh, had some injury issues the last couple of years. Um, he was not going to be the starter. He was going to probably get limited work behind LaShawn McCoy, and I think the Bills uh, made the tough decision, and they all said, Rhett Ryan said it was the toughest day he's had since he's been here, and GM Doug Whaley said it was a very difficult decision that he made in conjunction with the coaching staff and the ownership, but they all figured that uh, his uh, cap money would be better used elsewhere and that uh, they needed to do a few other things in terms of getting some of their younger uh, players signed, and so that's the move they made, but it didn't go over well. Fans were upset. You know, fans uh, tend to get sentimental, and unfortunately, it's not a very sentimental business. It's a, kind of a cold-hearted business, and it's difficult to see a career like that come to an end here in Buffalo. One of the Bills fans asked me to ask you this, John. Um, does Fred Jackson belong on the wall behind O.J. Simpson and Thurman Thomas? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he belongs on the Wall of Fame, and I'm certain he'll get there. I'm one of the the members of the Wall of Fame committee, and uh, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that Fred Jackson will uh, will have a place on the Wall of Fame. Um, you know, he's earned it through his production. He's the third uh, most productive running back in, in team history. He uh, was the uh, kind of beacon of light during some dark days uh, of the franchise when the wins were scarce. So absolutely, he belongs on the Wall of Fame. We're, uh, we've got a new coach, uh, Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan, of course, is... Uh, wouldn't say he's a controversial figure. He's an entertaining figure, and uh, certainly more entertaining than the than the last coach the Bills had, the Marone. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, the four. You know, uh, let, let me let me move on from that. You know, uh, Rex Ryan. Uh, I kind of like him. I, I think I think football's the entertainment business, and and Rex Ryan certainly uh, entertain entertaining. Uh, uh, what uh, what's he bringing to bear to the team this year? What do you see different in the Rex Ryan regime, and what difference has he made? Well, you know, he, he's, he is entertaining, and he is fun to be around. He, but, but beyond that, he's a really good football coach, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think he is regarded as, as one of the defensive uh, masterminds in the NFL over the last decade or so, going back to his time with the Baltimore Ravens and their great teams. Um I think uh, so. He brings that. He he brings some a staff that is experienced, including his defensive coordinator Dennis Thurman, who is in lockstep with Rex Ryan and what they want to do defensively. <laughs> he brings the energy and enthusiasm that I referenced earlier, and I think you know he has assembled a really good staff when it comes to um, the offensive side of the ball too. Greg Roman is the uh, offensive coordinator, came over from the Forty ers and he really has worked wonders with. Uh, uh, the Bills' young quarterbacks, um, in particular uh, uh, E.J. Manuel and, and the guy who's going to be the starter, Tyrod Taylor. So I think Rex has, uh, has brought a lot here. And, and more than anything, he's got these players excited and, and enthused and uh, healthy for the most part. They should be fairly healthy going into the season. And I think um, the fact that he knew what he was doing running a training camp, it was not on-the-job training for him, I think uh, that says a lot about uh, the way the Bills are set up to play this season. Yeah, the, the the quarterback, let's get to the quarterback, Taylor and Manuel. There isn't really, as far as I'm concerned, watching the Bills, there isn't much of a difference, but it seems like Taylor has that extra gear running the ball. Is that correct? Yeah, that's accurate. I think Tyrod Taylor is uh, probably the fastest quarterback in the NFL, and um, when he they don't want him running it all the time. They want him to stand in the pocket and 
and make his uh, reads and look downfield and find open receivers. But when he has to run, I think they feel really comfortable that he's able to pick up some yardage, and that's a dimension that not many quarterbacks have in the league, including uh, uh, the guy right behind him, E.J. Manuel. Manuel's uh, clearly getting better. Um, that was obvious from watching the preseason, and he has benefited from the coaching of Greg Ryan and, and just benefited from his own hard work and his own application to the job. But uh, I think Tyrod Taylor has a dynamic dimension that E.J. and and most quarterbacks don't have, and it's going to be really fun to watch that play out during the season. Are you surprised that Matt Castle was released yesterday? Well, not really. As the thing went along, as training camp went along, I mean, I thought going in that Castle was the safe choice, the insurance uh, choice for the the quarterback spot, Um, and then he was outplayed, really, by Taylor and Manuel during the preseason, and then got limited playing time late in preseason games, and I think, you know, again, uh, it's professional football. Money is always uh, an issue and sometimes the issue. And they looked at the money they were going to spend on a quarterback who was third string, and they thought, you know, we can use that money uh, better elsewhere, including signing some of the young talent that they want to keep around for a couple of years. So um, I wasn't that surprised. Um, you know, uh, Matt Castle is a known commodity with uh, limited upside. The other two, Taylor, and, and to a lesser extent, E.J. Manuel, have a, a much bigger upside in terms of what they might become. And I think the Bills are... Uh, in some senses, in some sense, rolling the dice a little bit on what they might become, but uh, they're obviously comfortable in doing it. And we're talking, of course, to John Murphy, Buffalo Bills play-by-play man and host of the John Murphy Show weeknights on WGR 550. Uh, NFL starting up this week, and uh, certainly the Bills are starting uh, starting tough <laughs> right off the bat, the Colts and the Patriots. So uh, certainly the first two games are giving us an indication of this team. There's no question the Bills have an all-world defense. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, um, what does he bring to the table, uh, John? Well, he's one of the you know more productive running backs in the last five years in the NFL. And, um, you know, he, he's, he, he had uh, a hamstring pull, came up about two and a half weeks ago, and he has not participated in uh, any of the preseason games, the last couple of preseason games, I should say, slowly working his way back into practice. But when he's right and when he's healthy, uh, he has sort of an effortless glide around the field. And he's valuable in the passing game, a good pass receiver. They can flank him out as a wide receiver from time to time. And he's just a really good runner, just great vision and balance and, and speed in the open field. I think he is one of the you know top three backs in the NFL, and uh, they, they're going to lean on him a lot. I'm sure they're going to lean on him a lot for – uh, the bulk of their offensive production. John, um, a question about the NFL. We've had a lot of injuries this past summer. Uh, what is happening? It never used to be that way. Serious injuries, guys going down, star players out for out for the season, maybe their careers. What's happening? You know, I don't know that the numbers support that it's uh, different than other years. In fact, I saw a couple of uh, articles over the last week saying, you know, this, this uh, is fairly – a routine number of injuries. I think there's much more attention focused on preseason football now, and, and a lot of that is injury news in the preseason. But um, I, I do think, I believe, and, and many coaches disagree with this. I just talked to Rex Ryan about this the other day. I believe they've got to find a better solution than preseason games. And, and not that all the injuries occur in games. They don't. Many injuries occur in practice. But um, in the, game, the games themselves, preseason games, you know, to have four preseason games, it's, it just doesn't serve the product well, I don't think. I don't think um, you know fans are that interested in, in watching and paying full freight for four games. They're tremendous television uh, uh, shows. I mean, they're the highest-rated television shows of the summer in places like Buffalo and elsewhere, but I don't think they're serving the game well. And there are injuries in some of those preseason games that 
affect the team's fortunes. So I asked Rex Ryan what he thought, if there's a better way, and he said, you know, we're getting ready to play football, and we got to play football to get ready to play football. You can't really just scrimmage or go through drills or or kind of run practices. You really got to play football to get ready. But I'm just not convinced that you need four games of that to, to get it done. Uh, John Murphy, Buffalo Bills play-by-play man. The uh, s- uh, season starts this week, and uh, we're finally going to see some NFL action on the gridiron rather than in the courtrooms. Uh, mind you, the, the, the Brady uh, deflate gate thing has just been postponed to another day. Um, that's going to be in, in the back burner for the while because the NFL, in, in, in its infinite wisdom, decided to appeal the judge's verdict. We know how New England Patriots fans feel about this, John. Um, and uh, <laughs> and the you Bills know it's have, coming, John. And the Bills have to play the Patriots in a couple of weeks. Uh, Anybody in Buffalo down there care about uh, about what happened uh, this week, uh, the judge's ruling? You know, it's interesting. Um, when the suspension was first imposed way back in the spring, I think many Buffalo fans, well, I mean, Buffalo fans, you know, have a natural uh, enmity towards the Patriots and Tom Brady. And so um, anything bad that happens to them, I think Buffalo fans take great delight. <laughs> uh, and, when the, and when the suspension was first imposed, um, I think many fans were like, good, great, you know, the Bills don't have to face Brady. I, I've noticed kind of a shift in opinion now as, as the Bills have moved through the preseason games and, and people see how talented this Buffalo defense is. I, I detect just from, you know, my show and talking to fans that most Bills fans are like, yeah, you know, let's let's play the Patriots with uh, Brady. I know the players have said that, Rex Ryan has said that. Let's uh, face them at their best. Let's, uh, You know, I think Bills fans are, are feeling their oats a little bit and thinking, you know, we, we could beat these guys even with Brady. So, Let's take their best shot, and I think there's been sort of a, a slight transformation in that regard. Yeah, people follow it closely here. As I said, you know, the Patriots are the evil empire when it comes to Bill's football, and, and uh, Bill Belichick is Darth Vader, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, they are. I mean, it's the way people think of them. And so uh, the prospect of their their reputation being tarnished or their record being uh, besmirched a little bit, I think, goes over well. But I think most Bill's fans have come around to the realization that uh, – they have a chance to beat them with Tom Brady, and they want to see if they can make it happen. Dan Carpenter has been automatic for the past couple of years, but he struggled through the preseason, and it seems like there's a collision course between him and Rex Ryan. Uh, how badly hurt is Carpenter, John? Well, I don't think he's, you know, he was asked that question the other day. He had a hamstring pull that kept him out of the first couple of weeks of camp and the first couple of preseason games. He was asked about his injury the other day, and he sort of dismissed it as a factor. I think it might be it might be a slight factor to his his slow start, and maybe he's uh, you know field felt it a little bit in the uh, times he's had to kick. He made half of his field goals during the preseason, and he's a much more reliable kicker than that over the course of his uh, career. And it got the attention of the head coach Rex Ryan. I I witnessed Ryan and uh, Carpenter having a sideline chat during practice uh, the other day Friday, and. It appeared that all is well with them, but, you know, kickers, they live on the edge, you know, and it's a, it's a tough call. The guy has been reliable, and he's great in the in the bad weather late in the season, and he's a good teammate, and he works hard and certainly applies himself to his craft. But as a coach, you got to be thinking, well, I can't, I can't take any chances here. I can't, you know, I can't wait for this guy to play through his slump and, and to get better. You know, it's not like a, a hitter who's uh, in a slump and you think, well, he, we know he's been a – a 300 hitter his entire career eventually he'll get there because with kicking if if you're in a slump and you miss a critical field goal you know there's only 16 games you never get that chance back again and I think that's the uh, risk uh, that's involved there and as of now you know Carpenter's on the roster they actually keep a 
a second kicker, Jordan Gay, around to handle kickoffs. So they have a lot invested in that position in terms of, of roster capital. And, uh, uh, you know, that's the way they're going into uh, this week anyway with the two kickers, including uh, Dan Carpenter. And we'll see, you know, hopefully Carpenter works out of uh, whatever slump he's in and uh, they move on and live happily ever after. But it's certainly worth keeping an eye on. Uh, John, a uh, really quick prediction. Where do you see the Bills going? I know the last time around the show, uh, Naz uh, said he was going to call you. Uh, the Bills in Seattle are going to be in the Super Bowl. He, we're planning on calling you Super Bowl Sunday. But uh, your your assessment, a really quick assessment of where do you feel the Bills will finish this year and how far they can go? Yeah, I think they're pretty good, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. They have really good weapons that they've added offensively. They won nine games a year ago. I think they're a little bit better than last year. I think they're a 10- or 11-win team and certainly a playoff team. And if uh, things break their way, maybe they win the division. But I, I do think we're looking at 10 or 11 wins and uh, um, possibly most likely a playoff spot for this Bills team. Anyways, we've been talking to John Murphy, John Murphy, Buffalo Bills play-by-play man. It's going to be a season to look forward to. It's uh, been a bigger buzz for the Buffalo Bills in this area than it has been in a while. Uh, I know Naz is a big uh, Big Buffalo Bills fan. He sports that Buffalo Bills logo on his on his on his truck. And uh, I'm a big Bills fan from the '60s. I'm old enough to remember Jack Kemp and Albert Dubinian. So uh, I'm certainly looking forward to this Buffalo Bills season. And John, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we'd love to have you back on when the Bills are six and zero. All right, guys. We'll talk to you then. Thanks. Thanks. John. Thanks so much, John. That, of course, was John Murphy, uh, Buffalo Bills play-by-play man and host of the John Murphy Show. On They, they have sold 62,000 season tickets for Buffalo. Yep. Amazing. Um, it's, Guaranteed sellouts for the season. If they can stay away from injury trouble, like most NFL teams, it's certainly going to be an interesting season for the Buffalo Bills, and certainly we're looking forward to it. We'll be back right after the break with uh, New York Islander legend Denis Potvin. If you're listening to Zoomer Radio on FM, you found our test signal for CFZM FM 96.7 in downtown Toronto. How do we sound where you are? Are we coming in clear? Let us know. Send an email to newfm at zoomerradio.ca. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number for cell phones. It's pound 3636 and you can dial it from anywhere. Want pizza at the park? Pound 3636. Wings by the water? Pound 3636. Ponzo combo at the cottage? Pound 3636. Salad at the... uh, Someone stop me. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. With a True North deck system, you could be sunning, lounging and relaxing instead of sanding, scraping and painting. The True North Deck System, the deck that's Canadian manufactured for our Canadian climate, comes with a limited lifetime warranty. You get a durable, double-sided finished deck system that's easy to install, eco-friendly, and virtually maintenance-free. Enjoy your summer. Ask about True North Deck Systems at Lowe's or visit them online at trunorthdeck.com. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. 
Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too. But the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. We have a simpler way to invest your money. We invest in mortgages, the same way your bank invests your money, secure and dependable. You get a solid rate of return starting at 9% fixed interest per year, in writing. No stock market roller coaster rides and no mutual fund nail biters. To learn how, visit peterlantos.com. That's peterlantos, L-A-N-T-O-S dot com. You've worked hard for your money. Isn't it time your money worked hard for you? Visit peterlantos.com. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto, and we're pleased to have with us uh, back with uh, Naz and Wally, uh, Denis Potvin. Denis Potvin, of course, uh, one of the greats, uh, great defensemen of all time in the NHL and now a broadcast uh, team member with the Florida Panthers. Uh, Denis, good morning. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning, men. Uh, I'm doing very well, thank you. Thanks so much for joining us again on this Sunday morning. We're, of course, uh, uh, thrilled to have you this Sunday morning, but uh, we want to talk about uh, the life and times of a man that I'm sure that was dear to you and to a generation of New York Islander fans uh, a little over a week ago, uh, the legendary Al Radar Arbor uh, uh, passed away, and uh, most of your career, all of your career, was with uh, with Al behind the bench. Uh, your recollections, Denis, of, of Al and uh, what made him a great coach? Well, uh, you know, first of all, I think that he was an extremely good person. Uh, otherwise, you don't get uh, you don't get the comments we've heard over the past couple of weeks after his passing from players who played for him in the 70s and the 80s and even the guys that played for him in the 90s when he had a, a stint there where he uh, he was asked by Bill Torrey to come back. Um, he was a good person. It didn't mean that he wasn't a tough coach. That certainly was something that was important to him, that he would get everything out of us, and he certainly did, and the consistency factor was important. As I've said many times, I mean, a win in October meant uh, as much to him as a win in April, and, um, and the players responded. He knew how to get response. Danny, his demeanor behind the benches was a very quiet one, as far as I could read. Is that no. the way he was? You did not hear him yelling at all, no. You know, the thing is, is that he respected us. I don't think you'll ever find an article 
anywhere. I mean, we go back to the 70s, the 80s, and even, as I said, for players who played in the 90s, I don't think you will ever find a quote, Al Arbor saying anything derogatory about one of his players or about his team. I mean, he may say something like, we didn't play tonight or we didn't show up tonight. Uh, but he would not say anything derogatory to the media. As far as I know, uh, that is the case. But in the dressing room, <laughs> that was a bit of a different story. Al Arbor could certainly raise his voice. He could certainly point fingers at individuals. He could certainly, you know, be real mad at us coming in and kick the garbage can and all that. But it was only in later years that we all found out that once he left the dressing room, he started chuckling, and he'd say to one of the people standing by, I think I've got him going now. It was all part of trying to get us to play our best hockey, and there was never any kind of disrespect for his players at any time. I think that's what we all felt and know over the years. He respected us, which was great. I don't know a lot of hockey players that feel that way about their coaches, but I had Al for the first 13 years of my career. Boy, I tell you, I don't know how many players in the NHL have had that. Uh, talking to Denis Potvin, uh, uh, Denis, you played on some remarkable Islander teams. Of course, there were the, the great Stanley Cup teams of the early 1980s, and one of the most incredible feats of all time was winning 19 consecutive yeah. playoff series. Uh, how does a coach win 19 consecutive playoff yeah. series? You know, that, that goes back to what I was saying a little earlier. I mean, it's not just, you know, uh, a comment, okay? I mean, you know, uh, the points in October are, are, as, are as important as the points in April. You know, when we came in off of our first uh, Stanley Cup, you know, I, I think that was the year that Al had us go to a, uh, go start doing some transcendental meditation and training camp. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is the early 80s, and, you know, we're kind of, we kind of had to go see this uh, this Maharashi who was in, in the hotel. And after after the first morning, you know, we used to go twice a day. So after the first morning, that's the way I recall it anyway. After the first morning skate, you know, he, your name was called and you had to go to room 221 and you walk in there and there's incense and there's all that stuff. And the idea was that, you know, we've got to concentrate, you know, and you've got to get your own mantra and, you know, work at... Uh, work at uh, focusing, you know, on uh, the task at hand. This is uh, like September. And uh, what it did for me, though, is that it, uh, when I started doing it on a regular basis in the afternoons, I'd fall asleep. And that's how my <laughs> na- afternoon nap started. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but he was, he kept things fresh. I can tell you a lot of different stories, but he kept things fresh. Every training camp, there was something a little different. And then again, when we got to October, it was business. You didn't want to lose two games in a row under Al Arbor. You didn't want to do that. Life changed, and it was not for the better. Uh, Denny Potvin, we, we uh, talk about those great Islander teams of the uh, of the early 1980s. There is another remarkable Islanders team that left, uh, left a, a significant legacy, which was your 1975 team. Mm. The one that came back... Uh, and nobody thought that that was possible because it hadn't happened since the early 1940s. Yeah. But your 1975 team came back from a 3-0 deficit. I, I think it was the Pittsburgh Penguins, was it not? Yeah, it certainly was. And then, uh, and then in the next series, you came back, but you lost in the final game, uh, yeah. 3-0. How did, how did uh, you guys were down 3-0 against the Penguins. You were out of it, and, and, and nobody gave you a chance of bringing that back. What uh, what do you recall from that particular series that may have turned it around, or did Al do anything different? What uh, what are your recollections of 
what what made uh, possible what, what seemed impossible well you know i don't know if you've if you've sort of heard the story but you know we we lost a great man in jp parise last year and uh, jp was a teammate of ours uh, along with Jude Druin, and they had been uh, come over, and I, and I kind of said to uh, the media, you know, for years later, I said, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I think Bill Torrey may have made his great, greatest, greatest trade ever when he got J.P. Parise and Jude Druin in 1975. Of course, they were both on the ice. Uh, J.P. scored the goal to win the series against the New York Rangers, and Jude Druin uh, got the assist, and I think Eddie Westfall was on the ice with him. But I mean that trade was incredible, and uh, what happened later was that, you know, a veteran like Jude Druin uh, and J.P. Parise, they went around afterwards. We had a practice. We were down three nothing. Al Arbor came to us, got the team together, and he apologized. He apologized to us. He mm-hmm. said, "I have not worked hard enough. I have not been there for you, and I promise that will never happen again." And I remember. J.P. Parise, who was in his 30s at the time and a veteran in the NHL, you know, in a quiet moment, we're sort of in the dressing room. He said, I've never, never heard that from anybody. He was so impressed with what Al Arbor did on the ice. And we were so, you know, sort of partly shocked, I remember. I was a young guy then, but he's still, you know, shocked and bewildered. And kind of all of a sudden, you had this feeling. It's all of a sudden like we were playing for a country, you know. Now we're going to play for Al in some way. And we went out and we won that first game. And now it was 3-1. And we won the second one. Then we tied it up on home ice. And then we went to Pittsburgh. And, you know, wouldn't you know it, it was J.P., Jude Druin, and Eddie Westfall. Eddie Westfall scored the one nothing goal that won us the game. And, you know, the veteran guys were as impressed as the young guys about the turnaround. But I think it all started with incredible leadership and looking in the mirror, like Al would say. And he blamed himself for not being there for us. Now, he had been going through this therapy because he had some really big problem with his leg. And he had been on a stretcher and all kinds of stuff, you know. Uh, so he wasn't at practice every day during that series. But then when he felt a little better, I think it was may, may have been sciatic nerve. I can't remember. But when he did come to practice and then he made that statement, it really turned things around for us in that series. Uh, Denis Potvin, uh, New York Islander legend. Uh, the, uh, the the late 70s Islanders teams were were huge rivals of the Montreal Canadiens in, yeah. in those days. And, uh, of course, the coach of the Montreal Canadiens was Scotty Bowman mm. at the time. And we've had Scotty on the show a couple of times. But... Uh, just read interestingly enough that Al Arbor, that Scotty is uh, maintained uh, and been close friends with uh, with uh, Al Arbor uh, in the recent past. Tell us a little bit what you know about their relationship. Well, you know, it started a long time ago. I mean, when Al got his first coaching job, it was actually when Scotty had stepped down in uh, in St. Louis, and and I think it may have even been. Uh, Scotty, who kind of pointed to Al and said, "You know, I think you should be behind the bench." Um, and uh, so, basically, I think that's that's where the relationship started. You know, a coach having a guy like Al Arbor play for him and recognizing the character of the player. And you know, they've been friends ever since. Now, I, I've been to you know, I've been to see Al like a lot of the guys have the alumni. And you know, I, I broadcast games in Tampa Bay and. Uh, Scotty Bowman is there most of the time watching hockey and still involved, obviously, with the Blackhawks. But, you know, he was probably the guy that was there to help Claire Arbor, Al's wife, 
and to be there for Al and see him, maybe more than anybody else. I mean, he lived in sort of the immediate area of Longbow Key, and uh, so I think that their friendship certainly was, uh, his friendship was certainly well, well, uh, uh, appreciated by the family while he was close, and I could see it because I saw, you know, I saw Al several times, talked to Claire quite a bit throughout the period, and talked to Scotty, and uh, he was telling me about his latest visit and, you know, how Al was progressing or not progressing. So, yeah, it's been a very strong relationship all the way through, and um, I think a lot of people know that. Danny, I want to get back to your, uh, your love for broadcasting. We did a clip with Bob Cole, and Bob mm. Cole was our guest. 1976, I guess, the Red Army Philadelphia Flyer game, and you were a color commentator for that game. And you really dug deep in the archives there, And you were really good. Uh, What made you get into broadcasting? (laughs) You know, I, I, I have to go back and try and figure out why it was that uh, they asked me to do that. Now, <laughs> listen, I basically, you know, 76, I was, what was I, 23 or 24 years old. Yeah, you're a young guy, yeah. But uh, we had played the 1976 series uh, against uh, the Russians and the Canada Cup series. And I think the fact that, you know, I always, you know, easily talk to the media and I wasn't really camera shy, you know, I, I, I have a feeling that... Uh, uh, Ralph Mellonby may have been the guy behind all of this. And so in any event, I ended up being in, in uh, Philadelphia working with Bob Cole, which is a great honor. I still love, uh, I still love Bob Cole today. I mean, I, I just love his voice, and he still has that ring for the game as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, I'm one of those guys that will easily sit to the, at the edge of the chair watching a hockey game, and then Bob uh, helps that happen. But at that time, it was an incredible moment because if you remember, that's when the Russians went off the ice. Yeah, they're going home. That's they're going home, yeah. exactly. Uh, Karlamov, I think, had been slashed by Bobby Clark. Duh, what a, <laughs> what a revelation, right? <laughs> and, uh, and I guess he couldn't handle it. I mean, <laughs> so he went off the ice, and the Russians weren't going to come back, and it was... I guess Al Eagleson said he wasn't going to pay him the $60,000 they were going to make for that game if they didn't come back out. But it left us with 18 minutes of airtime to kill. And you can imagine, you know, guys being on air, you can imagine what that's like. Yeah. And uh, and so in any event, Bob Cole directed me throughout all of that. So, you know, a, a great broadcaster will do that to an inexperienced uh, analyst, but it was a fun day one I'll never forget. And you're, of course, uh, doing broadcast uh, with the Florida Panthers now, and uh, season's going to start uh, getting in swing uh, sometime uh, in the in the next month or so. Uh, uh, Denis, the Florida Panthers seem like they've got a good young team, and uh, you still uh, still in touch with the Islanders, keeping an eye on them. They look like they have a young team. Where do you where do you see those two teams going this year? Well, I, I tell you, I, I think there's a lot of rebuilding, and there's going to be a lot of surprises. Maybe some that aren't so surprising, but. The East Conference, the Eastern Conference, I think, is poised to allow uh, teams like the Islanders and the Panthers to really climb up in the playoff spots. I'd like to see, obviously, the Panthers for selfish reasons. But when I analyze the team and I take a look at what they have, they still have a good core of veterans. Goaltending is still solid. Of course, Roberto's got to be there for them. There's no question about that. 
But when you think about, you know, Carolina, you think about, you know, even Toronto, you think of New Jersey, you think of the teams that are, are rebuilding, really, you know, and you really wonder how are they going to be and uh, will that mean that uh, they'll be stepping aside for other teams to come up into the playoffs? I mean, uh, you know, I really think that uh, for the Florida Panthers, this year's a great opportunity. I think the uh, the New York Islanders, you know, to me, John Tavares is just, you know, he's the second best JT I've ever played, I've ever seen. <laughs> John Tonelli was the first, but but John Tavares. I have one better, player. Jonathan Taze. Well, he's okay too. <laughs> <laughs> I never played with him, but that sure would have would would have been a lot of fun. I share that respect. So I think it's a wide open field in the East. Maybe a couple of teams can dominate, like Tampa Bay and maybe Washington. But I think the rest is pretty wide open. Who knows what's going to happen in Pittsburgh? Who knows what's going to happen, you know, in Philadelphia? But there are teams that uh, are really going to struggle in the East, and that may open up a door. We've been, of course, talking to Denis Potvin. Denis, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, certainly, as the NHL season gets under swing, we'd love to have you come back and uh, and talk to us about uh, the the season as it as it uh, yep. progresses. Thanks so much for joining us on this Sunday morning. Anytime, guys. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you. That, of course, was uh, New York Islander legend. Denis Potvin with his uh, heartfelt recollections of a man that uh, certainly uh, was respected by every single person in the game, Al Arbor. Yeah, he was uh, very well respected. And he, uh, Scotty Bowman had uh, Al Arbor as a player. And he, I think he was the one who directed him to be a coach. Yep, uh, in St. Louis Blues, uh, yeah, late Louis 60s. Blues, and yeah. uh, certainly that's where Al's uh, coaching career started and progressed to the Islanders and... Uh, the rest is history, as they say. Anyways, this is the time of the show. We'd love to take your calls. Uh, our call-in numbers, I'll uh, give them out to you. 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Once again, 416-360-0740. one 740 Four seven four zero. We're going to try something new this week. If you don't want to call in and you want to send us a tweet, tweet. I finally figured out how to use that. Tweet us a message at Naz Wally Show. And uh, if you got a question, we certainly would take your question there. And I put a tweet on this week, Naz. I'd lo- love your response to it. Uh, talking about the whole de- deflate gate thing, I tweeted this week, what was Roger Goodell trying to prove other than he has bad judgment? He should not have sat on the appeal of his own decision. Foolish. Uh, I think the NFL came out of this with a lot of lot of egg on their face. Um, you know, sometimes, in, and, I've, and I've read a lot of opinions, legal opinions, about what might happen with this appeal. The NFL might technically have reasons for the appeal because when the collective bargaining agreement uh, was written out in 2010, 2011, they basically gave Goodell all kinds of power. Carte blanche. Carte blanche. So they they may in fact win the appeal, but do do they win the battle? Do they win the battle in, in public opinion? Uh, I've got my. I, I just think that maybe they didn't. They weren't getting. Uh, I don't know if Goodell was getting good advice. You know, he's got he's surrounded, but I'm sure some of the top legal minds in the country, all these high, uh, you know, Ivy League educated lawyers, they're brilliant. I'm just wondering what kind of counsel he got uh, to take on the best, you know, most popular player in the game. Uh, really, it, it's 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 yeah, it, but he's not too popular in this either, Brady. Yeah, know? I don't think anybody. I don't think, I think anybody they, comes it, out looking good in this. 
This should have been settled a long, yeah, long time ago. And then I think at the end, at the end of this whole thing, this didn't end up being about Tom Brady and the NFL. This is a power struggle between the Players Association and the NFL. And they haven't, you've had, got, you've they got haven't a lot, had much clout. No. You've got a lot of rich billionaire owners who with uh, probably with a lot of ego and are used to getting their own way. And you've got some players who are, I guess, for the first time in a long time, are starting to stand up for themselves and don't want to be pushed around anymore. And um, they've taken the last, what is it, Nas, correct me if I'm wrong, the last 10 suspensions. Yeah, to, they've either to, been to, overturned or... Uh, they've either been overturned or completely reversed. Reversed, yeah. Uh, or, or, the, or, the, or the suspensions lessened. So... Um, really got a question. I get a really got a question. The council that um, that Goodell's getting, whether well, he's getting it from the owners, whether he's getting it from his lawyers, you know, maybe he should hire Robert Duval uh, from The Godfather. He needs a new consigliere, as as uh, Billy Crystal. Well, let's used to put call it this it. way: Thursday night, Pittsburgh plays New England. It'll, the ratings will be skyrocketing. Be yeah. Anyways, we've got uh, on the line uh, regular caller Mike from Hamilton. Mike, good morning. Uh, how are you this morning? And what's on your mind? Fine, thank you. Good morning, gentlemen. I really enjoyed your show today. It's fantastic. Thank you so much. What's on your mind, Mike? Well, basically, baseball's a funny game. Like, 20 years ago, not to keep going on about the past, but, you know, Buck Showalter was managing the Yankees, and Joe Girardi was one of his catchers. Now, Buck Showalter's in Baltimore as a skipper, and then Girardi's with the Yankees trying to win his second World Series. But, you know, in relation to that, I think John Gibbons, although his name may not be synonymous with you know, major league supremacy. I think I think his time has finally come. What do you, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but his his second go round with the Jays, and uh, I know Jim Leland in Detroit was saying, like I was remember I remember he was saying his you know about John Gibbons coming back to the majors after having a successful stint in the minors is really you know looks good on him. Uh, just, Mike, I just, I'm going to I'm going to interrupt you there because I know Naz. I'm looking at him here. He's chomping at the bit because anytime we uh, we're asked to comment about John Gibbons, Naz wants to throw his two cents worth in. So I'll uh, I'll catch you off there, Mike, and I'll let I'll give Naz a chance to respond. John Gibbons, I haven't been much of a fan of John Gibbons for the past few years, but you know you have to give him credit. He's done a really good job this year and uh, deserves all the credit in the world for his managing uh, this this season. Uh, we've got Kevin from Buffalo. Kevin, we've uh, been advised by a producer. We've got one minute left, so your quick comment. How are you this morning? Uh, the very best Labor Day greetings to you gentlemen, and two very quick comments. Very best to the Argos, the Ticats, the traditional Labor Day classic. And through the years, always have enjoyed hearing Pinball Clemens. What a class act in the Argos, and CFL, it's, it's a fun brand of football. Wish the Argos well. And along with the Blue Jays, look for an interesting series against the Red Sox the beginning of the week uh, in Fenway Park. And just simply a very good week to the both of you. Thanks so much, Thanks. Kevin. It's, uh, it's uh, indeed ironic that we get reminded by a Buffalo uh, listener about the great uh, Argo-Hamilton tradition on Labor Day. Certainly the Argos and uh, the Cats are uh, in, uh, in, a, in a dogfight in, in, the, in the CFL East and uh, certainly should be an interesting game. You going to be watching, Naz? Uh, probably. I'll be watching the Blue Jays first, though. Blue Jays, uh, certainly Blue Jays. Uh, quick recap on what's coming up in the Blue Jays week. Well, Marcus Stroman may be starting. Uh for September 12th. 
Wow, that's certainly going to be interesting. We'll see if John Gibbons uh, squeezes Marcus Stroman into the lineup. That should. Uh, I think they have no choice. If he uh, pitches well in Buffalo on Monday yeah. or uh, in the game again with Buffalo on Monday, he'll be starting. If he can that. pitch to his capability, watch out. Anyways, it's been another great week on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. It's been a pleasure being here, uh, Naz, uh, and to all our listeners, have a fantastic week. And uh, I'll be back here again next Sunday. I know, Naz, uh, you won't be here next Sunday, and I wish yeah, you all be the best. Yeah, i doing a walk for Parkinson's, and hope everybody supports the Parkinson Foundation. We certainly will. Have a fantastic week. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.